Although I would point out that Jesus' healing rate is significantly better um, than Lord's. Um, so I thought, first thing we'll do is we'll just run through the passage um, so that we just know what's going on. Um, and as, I, as we do, there's one thing I want us to be thinking about, and that's authority. You see, it begins with Jesus entering, entering Capernaum uh, on the Sabbath day. You can see that in verse 21. Uh, and, and here he, he enters the synagogue, uh, which is... I mean, which is what all Jewish people would have done on the Sabbath. Now, the synagogue is, uh, is, a, is a meeting place. Um, there would have probably been several in every town. It's kind of like you might find churches today. It's, it's where Jewish people would have gone, gathered, and the scribes and, and other local leaders would have read the Old Testament to them uh, and, and explained the meaning to the people. It's worth remembering that that's different to the, the actual temple. There's only one temple, and that's in Jerusalem, uh, and that's where people would gather for feast days, um, for sacrifices, for, for offerings. Um, none of those things were done in the synagogue. The, uh, the synagogue is just a place where Jewish people would meet locally once a week to hear from the scriptures. Um, and it would have been common uh, for known teachers in the area, uh, as they moved, I guess, from town to town, uh, to teach the people. And uh, so the people, presumably hearing of, of uh, Jesus' ministry elsewhere, uh, they would have asked him to, to open the scriptures for them um, on this morning. Uh, and, and that is what he did. And he did it in a dramatic fashion um, and with an authority that they'd never heard. You see what it says in verse 22? They were, they were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And I think, uh, and this reference, I think, is the way Jesus spoke. Uh, he didn't, he doesn't speak like a scribe. Uh, he, just, he just spoke. He, he is the word of God, isn't he? He spoke with, with an authority that, that doesn't come from a man or, or from another book or from anywhere else. Uh, he, he spoke with authority. And the people were completely amazed. Uh, We then see Jesus cast out a a demon from a man with an unclean spirit. Uh, And this unclean spirit clearly knows who Jesus is. Uh, uh, Ironically, he he sees something in Jesus that that nobody else sees around him. Read what it says um, in verse 24. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. You can see the authority Jesus has over this spirit. Jesus speaks, and at once it leaves the man. There's there's no prolonged ritual, no complicated prayer, just a few words, and the spirit leaves. The people are amazed, as it says in verse uh, 27, uh, uh, and they ask, what is this? What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the 
unclean spirits and they obey him. The, the, people, the people there recognize his authority over evil and the authority of his teaching. And we read that Jesus' fame spreads throughout Galilee. Then he goes to, to Simon Peter's house uh, and immediately he heals uh, his mother-in-law from a fever. She just springs back to life, uh, her health and strength completely restored uh, and begins serving them. Again, authority unmatched over the natural world. And we see it happen again immediately. No longer are there people looking forward to something. The authority and power is, is here. It's, it's, it's immediate. It's right there for them to see. Uh, and then as, as evening falls, the people come to the house. Um, now, the people would have been in their own homes. They're, they're observing the Sabbath. Uh, so during the daylight hours, they would have been uh, not working at home. But once the sun sets, the, the Sabbath is over. Uh, work could recommence, and, and it does in the form of all the people bringing, bringing the sick and ill uh, to Jesus. Uh, and, and he heals them, doesn't he? The whole town, we read in verse 33, are at his door hungry for a miracle. And, and Jesus uh, healed many, uh, it says. You just think, he must have literally healed hundreds of people that evening. Hundreds of people. And the next day we, we find that after a night of probably very little sleep, Jesus, where is he? He's up early in a desolate place, praying. See verse 35? And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed, being refreshed in prayer with his father. Uh, and here, though, Simon, uh, Simon oh, they're obviously all looking for him, and Simon finds him, and almost sort of, he almost rebukes him, doesn't he? You can, you can see that. It's like, everyone's, everyone's looking for you. What are you doing? Just, just like the crowds that, that flock to lords, uh, the people have more needs that, that they need or want satisfying. You can, you can almost see Simon thinking, like, come on, Jesus, what are you doing here? Let's, let's go. You're getting famous. You can heal all these crazy things. You know, we could, we could set up like a shop or, you know, we could put Capernaum on the map. People are going to come from miles around. This, this is amazing. But what does Jesus say to him in verse 38? And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. Uh, and I think I'd like to just pause the story here and uh, just think about that. Because this is, this is the big thing and the big point. Jesus, Jesus comes from heaven to earth. Uh, and even, even with his glory veiled, in his human body, Jesus' authority over, over creation and, and over evil, it, it, it just pours out of him, doesn't it? Around him, everything changes. Jesus walking on the earth is, is, like, is like heaven 
coming down to us. It's, it's the clashing of, of two dominions, that heaven and earth. And it's abundantly clear who has uh, authority here. And this is the thing that Mark wants us to, to see. But once he's established that, that Jesus, Jesus has an authority that only God has, that, that's what Mark is really trying to hammer home here. Only God has the authority that Jesus displays here. And he wants to move us on, on to the second thing. Because he, he wants us to know he's got authority, but he wants us to be clear on Jesus' purpose. Read, read verse 38 again. Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is what I came for. Jesus came to preach. And I guess this is the, the trap that we mustn't fall into. Seeing all this uh, authority, I mean, it must have, I mean, picture it being there, it must have been incredible. You would be astounded by it. But just being amazed by all these things that were happening, you would miss the point of what the miracles are supposed to be directing us to. You see, that, that was the purpose of Jesus. And Jesus' purpose, uh, purpose was preaching his message. And I think that's why you get that interjected in, in the run of the story because we get this uh, additional section at the end with the leper in verses 40 to 45 because I think we get that after this declaration by Jesus because Mark is starting to unpack this purpose question. We get uh, an interaction between a leper and Jesus which is almost like an acted out picture of the good news that Jesus came to preach. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a picture of Jesus' purpose. You see, you, you follow the story along, you have, you have this unclean uh, leper coming to Jesus. Now, as a leper, you would have been ostracized by society. It, even, even in the Old Testament law, you, you were... You were made to be separate. So, uh, you know, this guy would have lived outside the town. He would have been homeless. He would have been living a life of total isolation, separated from, from all the people. Um, and, and I guess in that process, he's also he's separated from God, isn't he? He's, he's unable to partake in any temple worship. He can't come into a synagogue he can't make sacrifices. He can't go into the temple during, priest, uh, during festivals. He's, he's totally outside. And he, com he comes to Jesus. And he begs him, if you, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus does the incredible thing of reaching out and touching the leper. Which is something inconceivable. Um, this this sh should, according to, to the law, make Jesus unclean. 
but instead, it isn't, isn't the man's uncleanliness that transfers to Jesus, but it is Jesus's cleanness that transfers to the man. Jesus, Jesus heals the man with a single touch. And then afterwards, uh, presumably, the, the man does what Jesus says, apart from telling everybody about it, but he, he, he would go to the temple, he'd show himself to the priests, look, I've been healed. He'd get the all clear. He can actively participate in worship. He, he, can, he can rejoin his community. He can, he can be with God's people, with God. He, he ends the story uh, clean like restored in his place with God's people. But, but then you've got Jesus, who, who ends up, in verse 45, in the desolate places, doesn't he? He's, he's far away from community. You see, Jesus, Jesus sort of takes the place of the leper. Jesus starts in the town with all the people, and he finishes outside alone. And if you listen to Jesus, that's, that's his message. He's come to die for our sins, to take our place, to come from heaven, from being with God, to, to our place, out, outside of heaven, uh, away from God, to take on our punishment, to take on our uncleanness, and, and to make us clean with God, forgiven. Jesus' message is, I came to swap places with you, to, to pay the price for sin so you can come to God as a son or a daughter. And I'm... And I'm displaying my authority now really clearly so that you can be sure that when I preach the good news, you know I have the power and authority to actually make that happen. You know I have the power to forgive your sins and pay the price for them at the cross because you've just seen the power I have over evil the power I have over sickness, and later in the gospel, people will see the power he even has over death. He has authority over all creation. Jesus, Jesus is saying, you, you see all this authority I have, all of it's mine, and I choose to use it for your salvation, for those who hear and believe. That's the message that Jesus came to preach. And if you, you stop at his authority, if you just see this amazing man doing incredible things, but, but don't listen to his words, it gets you nowhere. Because, because ultimately you're left just dead in your sin. And that's the, the message Jesus came to teach you. If you're not a Christian here this morning, that's what, that's what Jesus came to earth to say to you. Believe. Uh, and not in a vain hope, 
Not, not, not a hope like the people queuing up at Lord's. Believe in a sure hope. Believe in a, in a person who has real authority and the ability to save. And I guess that's something I need to remember too. That uh, although my life uh, might not look as, uh, as dramatic as this passage, and I don't, see, I don't see a Jesus like this, which can be frustrating, but, but I do already have the most important thing. Jesus' is, is word. Jesus' words are, are right here in the Bible. I, you know, we might not see the, the physical, like, material authority of Jesus every day like these people did in, in this uh, part of Mark. But one thing I do know is spiritual authority because it's already saved me. I, I, I long to see this authority that Mark writes about here. But I, I've got to remember that, that this is a sign. It's not what Jesus actually came to do. He, he came to save sinners. And I can personally say that, that that's mission accomplished for me. My heart is his. His authority, his power. It may not reign in the world like we see here in Mark, but it's, it's reigning in my heart right now. Because life, even, I mean, even at its very best, can be difficult. And, and at its worst, it can be really unbearable. And I think I often come to Jesus wanting, wanting this change that the people are desiring here, Mark. I'm, I'm sort of queuing up at Lord's for a, a cup full of miracle change. I want illness to go away. I, I want to feel happy, and I don't. I, I want to not feel loneliness, but I do. I want to be less tormented by myself. I want to have a better job. I don't know, more money, presentable children, cooler parents. Um, food in the cupboard, a wife, a husband, better exam results. Um, you know, when, when you stop and think, I'm, wow, uh, my heart is just desperate for that kind of change. Uh, and what am I doing? I'm, I'm getting in the queue and coming to Jesus with the crowds, expecting some of that change. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You've got to listen. Listen to what I say. And what does he speak? salvation. And I think, I often feel, oh, maybe I don't want saving. I just want feeding. I'm hungry. I don't, I, maybe I don't want saving if it means I have to live like this. Come on, Jesus. I've got to have more words. I'll, like, I need action. When I've been reflecting on that, I'm just, I guess it just highlights my ignorance, doesn't it? I want to see action like the people see here. I want my troubles to go away. But I keep forgetting that the action has already happened in my heart. The, the joy we see in people here having their uncleanness uh, taken away is the spiritual reality in my heart. But I'm slow, and I just need reminding that Jesus' words 
are so much more precious than any of these miracles. His words save eternally. Because Jesus, ultimately, he speaks the cross, doesn't he? Just think, if Jesus came into the world, did all of these crazy miracles, died on a cross, came back to life, went back up to heaven without saying anything to anybody, what, what would we all think? Well, you, just, you wouldn't be able to make head or tail of it, would you? The, the cross would just be this, well, you'd just be like, well, that was, that was weird. What was all that about? It would be confusing. It would be bizarre, inaccessible. It's only because Jesus came to preach, to explain what salvation was and how to get it. It's only that he explains this through his word that we can look at the cross with the help of the Spirit and, and actually understand what it means and believe and be saved. Without Jesus' word, you can't do that. And I often find myself uh, thinking or feeling, Jesus, do something, show me something. When, when actually, maybe I really probably should be saying to myself, listen, I pick up, Pick up my Bible. Read what Jesus says. He speaks all the way through it. Listen. And I was, and I was thinking about that this week as I was reading this passage. Uh, and we'll, we'll finish on, on this thought. And when I listen, what, what is it that Jesus says? And I think he says, you were, you were this leper. You were sinful. You were far off. You were homeless. You were separate. You were away from me. And now, I am in Jesus. I'm an adopted son. I'm close. I have an eternal home in an eternal community with the Lord. Or because Jesus came to die in my place. And I know that because through his words, Jesus explains that to me so that I can trust and believe. And this, this is the authority that we really need to hold precious to us. Let's pray. Lord, help us remember that you rule in our hearts. That you have authority over all things, even when things feel like they're going wrong, even at times when we feel weak and worthless, your authority does not change. Lord, help us to remember that in our weaknesses, you are made powerful, that your authority is seen clearly. Lord, help us celebrate the authority that you have in our hearts, Lord. We pray for the Spirit. We pray that we wouldn't fight against that authority, but that we would submit ourselves to it, to love you more and more, we pray. Thank you for taking us from far off and bringing us so close, we pray. Amen.